Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of We Gotta Talk. I am Sunny Abada, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the place for real talk on big topics. Today, I am really excited to bring back a guest that we've actually had on the show before, but in an entirely new light and with some amazing new advice to share. Today's guest is Cassidy Nacello. She's a mental fitness coach, and she essentially helps people get into the right mindset so they can succeed in their work, they can succeed in their relationships, but most importantly, feel like they're centered and they're bringing forth to the world the realist version of themselves. And I feel like anybody who's had experience sort of straddling the professional and personal challenges of life knows that it's sometimes hard to get at what you want to be and how you want to be showing up in the world. So Cassidy is here to talk more about that. Cassidy, thank you for joining me again. Thanks, honey. It's always so fun to be with you here. I love your wisdom. And last time we we had you on, you were a, you are still a KonMari expert. And you had been focusing and helping people a couple of years back with the concept of minimizing and really getting to the core of what was important to them to have in their space. And what you're doing now makes so much sense in addition to that, because it's essentially cutting down to who we really are, right? Yeah, it's essentially the KonMari method applied to the brain to your emotions, thoughts, and feelings, deciding what's serving you and sparking joy and what is dragging you down. Yeah, I, we were chatting before the show and you had said you found that the most powerful part of any KonMari session was the sitting at the end of the bed and kind of talking through why people were having difficulty with maybe letting something go. So this essentially is that full time. Yeah, now we're just, uh, we as in my clients and I and, and the groups I coach are just cutting to the meat of it, uh, sans the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, so tell us what is a mental fitness coach? Really, what I want to do with my clients is help them decide and evaluate really how much their thoughts are helping them or hindering them, right? We're either at war with ourselves or we're supporting ourselves. And so sometimes we don't even realize how much we are bringing ourselves down. We may know we have a negative loop of thoughts, but it's so constant uh, until my clients learn what that sounds like and what those words are that they're repeating themselves, they may not realize how much it's holding them back from their goals. So I wanna help people call out those negative voices and intercept them and then learn how to trust the more sage, which lives more neurologically speaking, the right brain side of themselves. Okay, well, let's dig into that. There's different parts of our brains that are essentially working against each other. Tell me more. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't even dare to, to touch any deeper than this because I'm not a neurologist, I'm not a psychologist, um, but, but studies have shown that different parts of the brain are activated when we're in a negative stress-related mindset. And those parts of the brain are loosely left side of the brain, more process oriented. And the parts of our brain that are uh, laser focused, creative, empathetic, uh, compassionate, um, just thoughtful, uh, that's like sort of the heart feelings, those tend to live more in the right side of the brain. And so what, what part of our brain, Cassidy, is working when we're hearing that negative self-talk, when we're maybe feeling like something isn't in alignment. Let's use the example of your professional life to start with. So what is what is actually happening 
in our inner selves when we're feeling out of balance? Yeah, typically we're in what is called more of like the self-sabotaging mode. So any feelings, stress, shame, guilt, doubt, blame, fear, all of those thoughts are generated typically out of the left side of the brain. Now, of course, it's not to say the whole left side of the brain is useless. That is ridiculous. I would never say that. Um, but that, those are the parts of the brain that are activated. Um, the, the, the tricky thing is that we think we need those thoughts to survive and to succeed. And those are the lies that I'm working with people to help um, debunk. So for example, if we think we have to keep pushing, pushing, pushing ourselves and moving the goalpost, um, the reality is why can't we celebrate our wins and, and have a smoother, happier route to achieving our goals? This is like my life, Cassidy. And, you know, I mean, we know each other well enough on a personal level now where, you know, you're, you're moving, I know, which is similar to your story outside of maybe your chosen field initially, whatever that was professionally. In my case, I'm doing freelance work. I'm working with 15 different people and different expectations. And in your case, you're shifting gears into maybe another line of work. And it's so easy to not say you can't do it, but always want more. I really struggle with this. So I'm hoping to like personally take something out of this conversation as well. How do I, and how does anybody else who's struggling with not feeling like enough actually give ourselves that that pat on the back because i feel like if i wrote it down and looked i'd be like oh yeah i actually was pretty busy this year or i actually hit a bunch of goals that i but i don't even i'm not even organized enough to like put it down on paper to know what i'm doing or what i want to do and therefore it just all feels like mush yeah well i think you just kind of nailed it that pause right and maybe it's not a whole list or an exercise though i i do find that to be really helpful for people to reflect back on their accomplishments but just the simple pause and a breath of self-acknowledgement self-empathy for what you have done and the constraints that you're under be it pandemic kids home it's a snow day here i've got a kid in front of the tv um can can help you kind of ease your foot off the gas pedal because what often happens, Sunny, I'm sure it's true for a lot of your audience are um, plagued by their uh, hyperachiever saboteur is that it's it's really hard to just have fun when you never give yourself a beat to celebrate the wins. And so the question maybe ask yourself is, how do I want to reflect back on this? When I'm 80, 90 years old in a rocking chair, how do I want to reflect back on how I appreciated or didn't appreciate my successes? And sometimes Putting yourself in that future mindset, looking back, can can also help give you pause to celebrate. Ooh, I love that. Um, so, run me through how that would look in the real world. Say I'm someone who made a career shift recently, and I'm really struggling to understand how I fit in here. I knew it felt right to move positions or careers, but what is some one way you can suggest we stop that? chaos of the day or stop that loop we're on? Is it sitting still? Is it meditation of some sort? Like what is the key to breaking the chaos so that we can begin to have that future perspective kind of looking back? Breathing. Breathing. It's we just really a breath work expert like oh, two weeks ago. And yeah, I know. I was so glad to see that. So, so tune back into that episode. If you haven't seen it um, in tandem with this one, uh, really we have to, it's like the pullover of the brain. You you can't rationalize yourself into being happy or being grateful. I, I remember I would sit down and be like, I have to be grateful. I have to be, you know, and let me make a list. And the, pro the problem is you're still hanging out on the left brain when you're doing that. 
Um, or, or let me just celebrate this win with a dinner, but really at, you're at the dinner already thinking about the next thing that you need to accomplish. Again, you're still, you're still hanging out with your saboteurs in that left brain. It really takes that deep breath work. It doesn't have to be an hour long meditation, but if anything, studies have shown smaller breaks throughout the day, um, more kind of quote unquote pulling over moments for yourself psychologically to be able to intercept, you know, the negative thought ask yourself what is really true and how it's impacting you. Sense where it's showing up physically is really important. A lot of coaching work is really body work, understanding where those feelings live. Sometimes that stress can live in your throat or your chest, acknowledging that. And then and only then can you shift to that place of empathy and curiosity. Okay, yes, I'm new, I'm in a new career, I'm getting started. This isn't easy for, for anybody, but everybody was new at some point. And then maybe consider what's something where I was new and then I became an expert and how did that go? And looking for proof in your own history or looking for proof in those who have done it before you. So getting really curious and empathetic are two key steps to that. But really, you got to be able to pull over first and, and take some big deep breaths. Yeah, I've been trying what um, uh, Ava, our, our breathwork expert, suggested a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. which was the coherent breathing, which is where the exhale is longer than the inhale. And I, that particular mode really works for me to like flip off the switch for a minute. I don't know what it does, but it, um, it works. So I'm, I'm trying to lean into that. It's hard. Most of the time we're just getting through the day and we can't even catch our physical breath to like, you know, be present for the simplest of things. So it, it does take some level of consciousness. Cassidy, tell me, does everybody have these moments? You work with people in different stages and ages. And I think maybe part of the challenge is feeling like we're alone in restarting or alone in not understanding who we are or what we offer this world. So offer us some solace here. Yeah, absolutely. We're all born with with the ability to tap into these sort of negative loops. Some of them are louder in us than others. Um, I, I like to lean into the tool um, by Shirzad Shamin called Positive Intelligence. And on that website is a really cool saboteur assessment, which we can hopefully link to in the notes, where you can identify which of the, the nine saboteurs that he and his research team have uh, clarified. I'll throw out a few names. They'll ring a bell probably for, for just the common psychological terms we hear. Victim, pleaser, avoider, hyperachiever, hyperrational, restless, pleaser, right? Those are just a few of them. But it helps to identify which ones are the loudest. And if you if you even look at your own kids, like you can kind of see see some of those saboteurs lurking in them. I have a seven-year-old and I already see a hyperachiever in there who's already ready for the next double black diamond he can crush on the ski mountain, right? Without celebrating the, the blue he just did, right? Um, or the avoider in my younger child. So we're born with them. They help us understand the world and, and make sense of it and feel safe. But but when we realize that as adults, we're safe um, and, and our needs are being met, uh, we don't have the skill to unlearn those defense mm -hmm. mechanisms. And, and that is really the work of building mental fitness is, is breaking down those saboteurs and identifying them and, and changing them through the behavior, the habit of this breath work. What is your shadow self or saboteur? Hyperachievers right up there. Controller is a strong one and, and restless. Um, so the hyperachiever, just to summarize those three real quick to give you a taste, like I said, barely celebrating wins. Like as soon as I high five myself, I already have a list. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, it's 
it's a little unfortunate because uh, it's like, what are we doing it for then, right? I mean, we have to kind of reflect in that way. Um, the uh, the controller, uh, mine was certainly triggered today when there was a windstorm and I had kids home yesterday because there's no power. And then there was a snowstorm today. So um, taking a breath and realizing like, I really can't control things. Um, I can delegate. I do have a friend helping me right now. I also have a TV helping me right now and not using judgment on myself for that. Um, and that it's kind of like case sera sera, like it's it's more about surfing those waves rather than fighting them. Uh, and the third dimension that I, I am is strong in me is my restless. So I, I I love to do lots of things, lots of projects. So the challenge there is I think I'm being productive. That's the lie. But the truth is I'm going to dig a thousand holes, but I'm never going to hit water. <laughs> that's me too oh my god i have begun to think that i just can't function without having like every mental drawer open in the kitchen is that like genetic like i'm noticing that a lot of people that even that i surround myself with like we're all this could be a mom thing too right because you're accounting for the needs of people outside of yourself but i just feel like if I don't deliberately say, Sunny, you began project A, finish it before you go to B, then I will, like I said, have all the drawers open, even to the smallest things, Cassidy. Like I will start folding a pile of laundry, then I'll notice that the tea kettle's done. So I go do that, I make the tea, and then I notice that the cup is still, or the pan is still in the sink for the morning. And it's just like, it's really hard to get myself on one track. And we think we're being efficient, right? Um, but it, things aren't getting done and, and there's no real flow to it. It's just sort of uh, whack-a-mole. And yeah, part of that is a, a product of motherhood for sure. But but we think if we slow down, we're going to like lose productivity. But but that's not the case at all. But to answer your question, Sunny, yeah, we are very much wired this way. Sure, circumstances exacerbate it um, but or if anything, reinforce it. Sometimes with the restless, uh, you know, it's a it's a deeper dig in a coaching uh, environment to see like what maybe you're you're trying to distract yourself from, and sometimes difficult feelings are hard to sit with, so it's just easier to keep busy, busy, busy. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that's so true. Okay, tell us what working with a mental fitness coach does. I think. Um, I love that there's an intersection sort of like helping people with their professional life as well as their personal life. But people might be wondering, okay, what am I getting with someone like you that I wouldn't be getting with say a business coach or a life coach? Tell us what that is. Sure. Really helping people get to the root cause of how and where they are tripping themselves up and self-sabotaging. So you can talk about business strategies for how to, to sell more clients into a product or you can talk about strategies for parenting. But at the end of the day, if you're not clear about where you're getting tripped up with your own thoughts, it's it's very difficult for any of those strategies, no matter what the arena, to stick. So we start with you. Um, and so someone may come to me um, for, for business needs. I have, a, I have an MBA, I have a business background, I have a very strategic brain. Um, but until we we dive right in the process, I want to know where they might or where they as in the saboteurs of this client um, might try to trip this person up from achieving those goals. So it's almost like um, forecasting hurdles that might come in the way so you can anticipate the challenges and create a preemptive plan or strike against them. So that's the critical piece and the main difference is we're starting with you. What gets really fun, Sunny, is that, especially if I'm working with executive teams, is 
um, we create a lexicon um, for the team to understand each other through, which is each other's saboteurs. So everyone comes to the, you know, the deep dive meeting where, where they are telling on themselves and saying like, these are my top saboteurs, what are yours? Ah, oh, that makes sense. You're high in avoider and I'm high in controller. No wonder we're having trouble and I feel like I can't get it done or I feel like I can't get the, the, the real scoop out of you. What's going on with that client? So it separates us and our true essence from the saboteurs. So it makes it a safer environment to work through team dynamics or family dynamics for that matter, um, because we are not our saboteurs. They are constructs that get in our own way. When you think about yourself in that sage brain where you're clear-headed, calm, focused, creative, those negative loops don't exist. And that's really where we wanna, we wanna be. Yeah, you know what I wondered your perspective on too is, um, it's obviously really helpful to know what the issues are, but do people need to go into work with you too, knowing what their goals are? For me, that's always a challenge as well is you can feel stuck professionally or personally and still not know what you want to do. Or so how important is it, Cassidy, to go into work with you and know, Hey, Cassidy, I'm coming to you because I want to have, you know, I want to finish my book by the end of next year. Is that how it happens? Do you have to know the goal or the end point? in working with you? Or does that typically come out as people are in the process with you? Often people come to me with um, a sense of restlessness or uneasiness and a feeling of being stuck. Um, and they might also or or not have a goal. But even if there is that goal, it often changes, Sunny, because they realize that there are, as we do go through the coaching process, layers that have not been addressed under the want to write a book by a certain date. I just worked with a client who said, I'm going to launch this um, website and firm on January 1st. And and I, and, you know, I, I want support in getting it done. And one of the first questions I asked her is, what's significant about January 1st? And it, and it kind of stumped her because she has a lot going on. And she realized it was just, she, it was a should, uh, shouldn't I? It's the beginning of the year, aren't I supposed to? And then she realized she could have a much more thoughtful, meaningful uh, strategy to launch at the top of spring. Uh, so the why under the goal is a place we are going to spend some time. Yeah, that's interesting. Is that typically how it works too? Is it someone, like you said, comes to you with that general sense of unease, that not knowing what direction to go in and then things sort of get clearer as the process. Yeah. Goes yeah. There's usually a pebble in the shoe. So we inspect the pebble, um, we take it out, but then, then you have to kind of figure out what's missing. What's, you know, what needs to be addressed beyond that. So it's, it's a lot of peeling back of the onion and a lot of self-discovery. You know, I, I've learned despite having a business background to take my consulting hat off. Uh, in other words, I'm not giving advice, but I'm challenging you to think for yourself through really provocative questions. So how long do you typically stick with a client and how long before they begin to feel like some of the pieces are falling into place? I offer six months engagement because really the, the arc of transformation, uh, it's not to say nothing happens for the first three months, but there's still a lot of discovery happening. And um, what's important to know, though, is e even within a session, you'll walk away more clear because the way I the way I construct my coaching session within an hour, 45 minutes is helping you unravel the goal for that day, for that week 
into a bite size and, and not letting you off the phone until you feel like you have some sense of an action plan before we meet again. So that is the difference between coaching and therapy is uh, I want you to have a sense of progress and a process to get there. I want you to be thinking about me in your decisions throughout the week versus, which is important. I was the daughter of two psychiatrists, so I'm a fan of therapy, but um, it's more than just self-awareness. I, I want you to feel momentum. What are some of the success stories that you've, you just mentioned a client of yours who's working on a book, but what has someone come back to you and said that made you feel like, okay, this is, this is working? Uh, I, you know, it's humbling, really, Sonny. Uh, I, I had a client um, who came to me for work. She also joined one of my group um, coaching programs. It's a mental fitness boot camp that's seven weeks. Her, her team was wondering, like, what was going on with her? Like, what was she on in a good way? because she was showing up to work very differently. Um, and then she she went ahead and brought me in to coach the team with the same framework and saw the success with the team. Um, a client yesterday told me that she just had her performance review. She was looking to leave the industry, leave the company, and she's now found the gift in sticking it out and working through hard dynamics and learning new things that she didn't expect. She was ready to kind of write off this job and in her performance review, uh, she was called the beacon of light for the team. So, so I see her goal shifting from leaving that industry to to actually being the change agent agent at her company. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned on your site too your own personal journey and transformation, getting laid off, having to sit, like you said, in that quiet moment, and sort of figure out what was next. Can you tell people who may be sort of on the front end of trying to figure this stuff out, what that aha moment felt like or looked like? Because I think we hear a lot of people say, well, I had this huge career change, right? This huge shift in my personal life. And that was the moment that I finally, but what did I really feel like in the moment? Did it feel like exhaustion? Did it feel like an actual like moment of elation, like light shining on you, like, wait, this is what's been going. Like, what does that feel like in the moment? It's messy. Um, <laughs> it's the short of it. It was a few moments that I can string together, hopefully coherently. So the first moment was when I, I was laid off from what I thought was my dream job and fired up my network quickly. And as, as I started getting calls back, uh, I feared getting offers. <laughs> That told me that I, I wasn't passionate about that kind of work in the advertising space that I thought I was. So that was a flag number one. Then it was a lot of self-reflection, hiking, um, you know, probably a donut here, here or there, you know, more tears. Um, and then and then I went on a path of discovery, just getting really curious, like a child on a beach, turning over every stone, going back to like what made me tick as a kid. And I, and I loved making sense of spaces and I love changes, changing spaces in a way that made you feel better. So that, that led me to entrepreneurship. And then I had that moment and I think it was because I was in that, that open mindset, that sage mindset where anything was possible. I wasn't gonna poo poo any idea. Um, there was no dumb idea. And, and that's when Marie Kondo had sent out an email that she herself was certifying people in the KonMari method. And I thought, what would it look like to marry this approach to decluttering to the busy businesswoman who wants to get clear, not only at home, but at work. And so was born my practice. Yeah, I love that. And I, I mentioned this, um, I think when we, when we chatted last, but you and I had sort of had like a one-off sort of personal, I guess it was like a business coaching kind of session that we did mm -hmm. before our last interview. And 
I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm talking to you right now. I wouldn't have you on the show if I didn't believe in what you do, but I found it to be so um, immediately helpful. Like it was an hour we spent and much like you did with your other client, I, you were asking me questions based on the emotional things that I was telling you that sort of helped me take off layer by layer what I needed to do next. And it was at a time where I was juggling a couple of brands. I had like one site and another site. And I was like, Cassidy, I just don't feel like this is a reflection of me. And you're like, well, why is it, why is it up? And I was like, oh, and no one ever gave me permission to drop a ball and just say, okay, let's put this in that bin. And now this is all one thing. And it, it was in its simplicity was very powerful to me. I'm so glad. And it looks great. And, and, and that, that, that's pure alignment, right? Of, of your feelings and your passion. Whereas before it felt dissected into a, a want and a should literally the yeah. form of two websites. And so that, that is the art of coaching. That is where I, I, I humbly say I am very good at reading, watching and, and sensing what's going on with a client across the camera or across the desk. Um, so that I can give you, I just reflected back what I saw. Um, and rarely do we get the opportunity for someone to reflect back with no agenda, right? Mm -hmm. Completely. I, I wasn't married to any outcome. And that's the beauty of coaching is that, yeah, I want you to succeed, but I want you to know what you want to achieve um, truly in your heart. What, what were you like as a child? I'm just curious. You said you're the daughter of two therapists. So I'm sure there was a lot of like self-reflection happening, maybe from an early age, but you have this yeah. piece about you. What were you like as a kid? I'm just curious. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny. There's, um, yeah, there's the same elements are there, uh, uh, thoughtfulness, a sensitivity. Uh, um, I, I guess you would call me an empath. I, I do feel when someone is looking down or kicking in their, you know, shoe in the sand, feeling a little left out um, and, and just wanting to hold space for that kid. You know, being a really highly sensitive kid, I was also a target for getting picked on in elementary school. And so that made me even that much more empathetic. And what a beauty that I can leverage that now as a strength. Yeah, that's amazing. Tell us what's coming up professionally for you or anything that you're working on that you feel like you want people to know about, maybe they could benefit from. Yeah, you know, I, I'm so passionate about people learning uh, the tools of understanding their saboteurs. It's, 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 not always like a eureka moment, but a moment to acknowledge how we get in our own way. And so sharing that um, via, uh, through workshops uh, is really impactful uh, and, and teaching people how they can coach themselves through those, those negative loops of thought. Um, so I do a, a few different workshops in the corporate space. Um, one is just the understanding uh, mental fitness and another one is a deeper dive on your saboteurs and seeing how you get in your own way. Um, I also do another workshop that I love called Love Work Again, um, really speaking to my younger self. I, I had this restlessness of always looking for greener pastures, uh, especially now with the great resignation. I think this content's really relevant, helping people understand if they did dig deep where they are now, what could they get out of it? Because often the relationships and the comforts in place, and there is more room to grow. I'm not saying stick it out if really you're miserable but to reflect of what's making you want to go and is there something more to be done currently. So Love Work Again is a great workshop. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. As I said, there are six months uh, long engagements or more. Um, and I also run group coaching. Uh, it's an invitation only. 
Um, but I, I coach women who are highly ambitious, often suffer from that hyperachiever saboteur and, um, know that there's probably an easier path that's less miserable. <laughs> they want to feel present at home without guilt and they want to feel present at work without guilt. Um, so those are the women that are in my pods. Uh, they are seven week long mental fitness programs. We meet once a week and there's content through the positive intelligence app to support that. Um, and then there's a gym membership. I call it the mental fitness gym for my pod graduates where we continue to support each other uh, twice a month. Awesome. Okay. You brought this up. So I just want to dig into it quickly before we, before we go here, the great resignation in this past two years that how the, how the lockdown has impacted our, our sense of identity and where we belong in this world. Do you think that that is really a thing? Are we going to see people move away from jobs they've held or careers they've been in because they finally had that time to reflect on what's important to them? Are you seeing that happen in real time? Absolutely. Um, I'm seeing people reassess, reevaluate. They've been doing it for the last two years. Um, they're getting more brave to make um, the call now that there are more opportunities. Um, so it's really challenging. I really feel for employers trying to hold on to great talent. Uh, so uh, that's why I really ask people to give pause and yes, go with your heart, but also consider what what more work you might have to do where you are at the same time. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your wisdom and your information that you've shared. Guys, if you want any more um, details on how to work with Cassidy, we've put her website up here. It's called uh, CassidyNacello.com. You can also follow her on Instagram on that same handle. Cassidy, thank you again, and we'll hope to see you again soon. Thank you for watching and or listening to this episode. Um, I feel like that was packed with really good practical advice for anybody who's struggling at a moment right now. Like we said, a pivotal moment in your, in your professional life or in your personal life to help kind of break through some of those challenges and barriers. Definitely check us out on Instagram, follow at Sunny Abada. We do a ton of um, clips and sort of brief nuggets of information that we share from our guests on Instagram. The blog is wegotatalk.com slash blog. Check that out as well. And that's it. Thank you for joining us this week. We will be back next week with more good stuff here on We Gotta Talk. Bye.